Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Please welcome this evening's guest moderator, creative director and producer, Kinvara Balfour. I can't think of two nicer people that I'd like to be spending an hour with on Valentine's Day. I'm very, very excited about talking with the guys tonight. They met at Parsons School of Design here in New York. They collaborated on their final show, and the whole lot was famously bought by Barney's on the spot. Since then, Jack McCullough and Lazaro Hernandez have gone from strength to strength, and they've won numerous awards in the process. Their designs are worn by women all over the world. They're two of the most hardworking, influential, and innovative designers out there, and they're also two of the nicest. Before I welcome them on stage, we're going to take a look at the first half of their very recent fall 2014 show. Thank <laughs> you. 
Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Jack McCullough and Lazaro Hernandez of Proenza Schooler. Hi. Come and get comfortable. Hi, welcome. Hello. Hi, guys. Big crowd. Hooray. Big Valentine's Day crowd. Congratulations on an amazing show. We're going to take another look at the second half of that in a second, so we're not going to talk about that yet. Before we do, I want to go back to the beginning and talk a little bit about how you met and how you kind of got together and was it love at first sight? That's a terrible thing to say on Valentine's Day. Very cheesy, but I really actually mean it. You, you met at Parsons. Did, how long did you know each other before you... Did you know each other before you went there? We, we, we met like shortly after, or shortly before. We, we both had transferred over to Parsons from other schools and uh, we met... We met at a club. It <laughs> sounds so cheesy. <laughs> but we met some we met out one night, like a couple weeks before uh, school had started. And uh, I'm like, oh, I just transferred to Parsons. He's like, oh, I did too. I'm like, no way. I'm like, what department are you going into? He's like, fashion. I'm like, me too. It was kind of weirdly serendipitous. And, and then the first day of Parsons, um, we just walked into like homeroom, whatever, and we see each other. We're like, oh, hey, what's up? You're that kid that I met like a month ago. And we just like sat next to each other and... You know, became fast friends. Okay, and that's how long ago? That was in, yeah, Take the Water. I was like, I want to age ourselves, but like 14 years or something. Wow. Yeah. You, only, you don't look much older than <laughs> that, so that's good. We've been doing this for about 10 years, so that was, what, four years before that, so. Okay, four, and 14. so you, um, you collaborated on your, on, your, on, your, on your last, on your graduation collection, and that was something new for the school, right? So you persuaded someone somewhere that you could work together. Yeah, it was actually it was actually Tim Gunn was the dean of students at the time, our senior year. He was just the dean of students at the time. He was before he was all fabulous and famous. <laughs> and uh, we we had asked him uh, right before the senior year had started. Uh, you know, we'd love to collaborate on our senior thesis together. Leading up to that, we were just kind of we were good friends, and uh, we were spending a lot of time together at Parsons. You have like a lot of uh, assignments, a lot of homework. Uh, that you'd have to kind of bring back and work on. And we maybe pulled like three or four all-nighters a week at times. And it was actually quite grueling. Uh, so we spent a lot of time together. I sp yeah. spent it at my house. Or Pulling all-nighters in the club or in Parsons? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Pulling all-nighters at the club or at Parsons? No, no, at Parsons. At Parsons. At Parsons. Oh, okay. We were working hard okay. by that time. <laughs> and we just started hanging out a lot. When you hang out with someone, you start doing creative work together, your point of view start to merge somehow. And our projects started just becoming very similar to the point where they were just w basically one bigger project. So okay. instead of like competing against one another, which could have been very dangerous, they allowed us to sort of you know merge and become one thing, and um, it worked out. It really, it definitely worked <laughs> out. So when you showed that collection, 
Barney's bought the whole lot on the spot. What did that feel like at the time and what impact did that have on you as a business, as a fledging business? I mean, we really had no idea we wanted to start a business. When we had gotten together for our senior thesis, we didn't really know what we wanted to do with it. We just, it just kind of felt right at the time and we didn't really kind of over question things. And uh, at the end of the year, we were actually starting to go out on interviews, but it was weird because we had this like joint portfolio. We had and one we, portfolio between the two of us. Yeah, <laughs> and we actually went out on one interview uh, together and the person who interviewed us was like, wait, so I don't understand. I've got to hire the both of you. And we're like, yeah. He's like, but it's, is it one salary? We're like, no, two salaries. <laughs> one job. And, and I actually remember that, that very moment after we left that interview, we're like, how is this going to work? Like, maybe we should just start our own thing. And then Barney's kind of, you know, it all kind of fell into place from there. Okay. And had you, you'd, had you done crazy work experience before Parsons? Have you worked with Michael Kors, Mark Jacobs? Basically? A little bit. We interned for Mark and Michael before. And that sort of what led us to, that helped us, you know, when we went off on our own and we did our senior year collection, we, um, like Michael gave us all his fab a lot of fabrics for our senior year collection. And Mark um, gave us access to his factories for our senior year collection. So, you know, we had kind of good quality stuff. So at the end of the year when the judges, that's, what, that's what's great about going to Parsons and just being in New York is that the people that are actually involved in the industry are looking at your stuff and are involved in the judging process of, of senior year's projects and stuff like that. So um, yeah, Julie Gerhardt, which was the, she was the vice president of Barney's, was part of the jury when, um, when we were seniors. And, um, and she was kind of just into what we were doing and called us into her office to meet with like the other buyers. And you know, before you knew it, we had like a little order from Barney's for a senior year collection. And were, they, were your peers yeah. a little bit jealous? <laughs> I was worried about everybody else in your class. Did anyone else get picked up by Barney's? I don't think so. No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we kind of stuck to ourselves at school though. A lot, most of our friends were outside of Parsons. And when we were there, we kind of just were there to do our work and focus and not really socialize so much, I guess. Okay, so that focus has stayed with you guys because you've actually won numerous CFDA awards along the way. You've been in business now for about 10 years. Yeah, almost 12, 12 years actually 12 this years. summer, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. You have two stores, one, one store Madison Avenue, one store just around the corner. Yeah. yeah. We just opened our second store across the street that way on, on Green Street. Um, so yeah, check it out. What does it feel like? <laughs> what does it feel like to actually walk in your own store? I mean, when you're designing something, Ajay Associates did the design for both. Yeah, David Ajay. You have your with name on the window. You have the yeah. name on the mast on the, what do you call it? Yeah. The warning. Yeah. What does it feel like? It's, it's a big surreal. deal. It's It's still surreal. It really is. I mean, I think what's actually the most surreal is just walking down the street and seeing like a perfect stranger wearing something that you designed or or a bag that we designed that they're carrying. It's like, I mean, it's so bizarre. I'm still thrown off by it. I mean, it's a little more expected when you send something to like a celebrity and you see it in a magazine or the magazine pulls it and shoots it in an editorial. But to see like a perfect stranger on the street wearing your stuff is it's beyond surreal. And actually on that celebrity note, you are favored by I hate the word celebrity, but we will. So do we. Call, we. Yeah, there is. I would I would say in this case, in few cases, I talk about just actresses or actors on the red carpet. But you're so much more than that. So celebrity is a difficult word to replace. But you have well-known, cool style icons who wear your clothes. What impact does that have on a business for you? Do you actually see a direct impact if so-and-so is photographed in one of your designs? Do you actually see that impact as designers? I don't think people actually really understand what it means now that those people are your role models and what effect it has. Yeah, I mean, we saw an effect, especially um, 
when we first launched our first bag, which was um, it was a success, um, luckily. PS1. We, we, the PS1, yeah. You know, we had no real, we just designed a bag we believed in and kind of put it out there and had no real sort of like big major plans for it. That's kind of how we worked, really. We just kind of do what we like. And then if it hits and it sticks, awesome. If it doesn't, well, you know, that sucks. But, um, you know, we did that bag and we really believed in it. And, and we sent it to a couple of girls whose who, who style we liked and we thought were kind of cool girls. And um, it's amazing the kind of influence they have because people are, you know, interested in, in, in people's lives these days, as is, is evident in social media and whatnot. Um, but people started picking up on that and, and started buying it, and it became this trickle-down effect, and it became this sort of really popular thing that we had n no expectations for. And you're, and you're actually getting calls in the store directly when something like that is photographed. Is it, does it really happen like that? I think a lot of us all read, you know, the power of celebrity, but it's interesting to actually ask the people on the ground at the end of that if it really does have an impact on sales or if it's just a pretty picture. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard to kind of break it down like that because it's so abstract. But yeah, yeah I mean, I think do, people do see things in magazines and they're like, oh, I Give want that. <laughs> it depends what it is. Like a bag, yeah. Like a red carpet gown, no. Yeah. That's more for name recognition. But you know, smaller products like bags or wallets or like T-shirts, things like that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, talking of bags, we're going to take another look now at the second half of your full 2014 okay. show, Good. which has some awesome bags, which I want in there. <laughs> okay, thanks. Thank <laughs> you. 
Congratulations. Yay. 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 Congratulations. Have you that watched that? That was two that? days ago. That was two days ago. Yep. So I uh, congratulations. It's been so well, so We're well. Still received. recovering a little bit. I can imagine. <laughs> what's the what's the process for you actually on show day? Are you completely manic or have you become quite practiced at it all? Good, right? Yeah, we're kind of good. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the calm, the prep for the show is actually a weirdly not calm time, but it's like you're seeing all your work come to fruition and you're putting it together and you're seeing all the ideas you've been having over the last six months finally kind of become something real. So that's an exciting time. I mean, the months leading up to it are pretty hectic. We, that season and a lot of seasons, especially lately, we develop all our fabrics completely custom from scratch every single one of them. We work with a number of fabric mills on developing, creating new techniques. Uh, so it's tough and time is tight and it's like this kind of mad scramble to, to get it all done on time. And is one, of you, is one of you like nervous one day and the other one nervous the next or you, do you tend to sort of stay <laughs> at the same emotional level together? We, we balance each other out. It's good that there's two of us. When one of us is freaking out, the other one sort of is on an even keel and right. vice versa. Right, and then once the show is done, What's your process now? I mean, what journey do those clothes have? Well, you know, now the process is that, you know, there, we have a showroom and, and all the buyers come in from all the stores internationally. Um, and they come, they start placing orders on those clothes. And, you know, what you saw is just maybe one fourth of the entire collection. We have a really sort of harsh editing process where we kind of cut out, you know, I would say like, yeah, 75% of, of, of the stuff we make gets cut out of the show. We just show sort of like the stuff we believe in, just 36 looks, I think, this season. Um, but the showroom has like, you know, a bunch of stuff, like all the t-shirts and pants and, and the normal jackets and, and sweaters and things that are sort of more, you know, easier to digest. I think this is just more the, the idea of a collection um, rather than the actual product that we're sort of selling, you know, the only product that we're selling. There's a lot more to it than just that. Okay, and, the, and I, it's such a cheesy question. What was your inspiration for this show? But do you actually look at specific things each season, something different? Do you sit down together for a certain amount of time to sketch, or are you doing this all the time over and over? Yeah, I think our process kind of has been changing over the years, and it evolves differently, and every season's kind of different. Some seasons will be hugely inspired by travel. We do a lot of travel, Lazar and myself, and we go off to places and usually come back uh, wanting to take things in a certain direction. Other times, it'll just be uh, a piece of art we saw. Uh, this time, it was kind of uh, 
more of a mood. We were throwing around some adjectives that kind of felt right for us. The last couple seasons have been a little more sober uh, collection-wise for us, especially on like a color palette level. And we want to kind of take things into a direction that felt like a little more fast and something that felt like a little more energetic, something that felt like a bit more kind of kinetic. Uh, and with a little humor. Yeah, yeah, with a little humor involved as well. So that was kind of the starting point, but we'd also uh, had, we had been in Venice to the Biennale and we came across this ceramicist named Ron Nagel. We, f we saw his art there and that kind of got us going off on a tangent. But I mean, every season it's a number of references that we kind of compile together and I'm bringing different stuff to the table than Lazaro and vice I think, versa. I think what makes it really interesting for us is that there's two people working on this at the same time if it was any one of us individually, it would look completely different from what it is. You know, we would say, if I want to do black and he wants to do white, we end up doing gray. <laughs> and that's sort of what, that's you know, the truth of it. It's the combination of these two random ideas that sometimes have nothing to do with each other. Our, you know, our most successful collections, we think, are the ones where we you know, approach the situation from two completely different points of view, and we have to find this middle ground. Um, you know, sometimes it's difficult for, you know, for us to sort of find that middle ground, but once we reach that place, you know, we think that the results are, are stronger than any of our starting, individual starting points. Okay, well, in, in, in addition to the, your inspirations on that, you actually both really, really love to work with emerging directors, artists, creatives. We're gonna take a look at a film now called Desert Tide, which you can tell us a little bit more about afterwards and why you choose to work with all these people. So this is called Desert Tide. I love that. I've watched that quite a few times. Tell, tell us about that. Tell us about that. Why, how that came about, who you chose to work with on that. This and one we opened our first store, I think, up in Madison. 
Um, we worked with Jack's sister actually on that video. Yeah, I saw she's the yeah. creative director. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we did it on Second Life um, with these Second Life animators. Um, wanted to do like a video using kind of cartoons. Um, and it was actually supposed to be for the window. Um, we, we kind of treat our windows in our stores like these sort of creative spaces where we like to explore just ideas and just like random vibes and use it more as an installation space. Not necessarily like to like sell product, just more for mood and I don't know, it's like more of an artistic sort of endeavor sometimes. But I love that. That's, for me, that's just so cool. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it's, it's, it's great that we get to do that. that right. No one's told us no yet. Okay. <laughs> We've got a very structured kind of seasonal uh, schedule when it comes to putting our collections together. So we like doing these little side projects that can just kind of exist on the internet or exist in our stores or on our website and not really even have a purpose necessarily. And why... Um, you, I mean, you choose with all the emerging artists and directors. Are these your friends that you come across, people you meet, people you hang out yeah, with? Yeah, I mean, people Anybody? like my sister. To like, we've done a bunch of stuff with Harmony Corinne. He's made a couple short films for us, with us. Uh, and um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be something we're definitely going to continue on doing. Like what Jack is saying, we have like this sort of seasonal rigor that we do every, every twice a year. These collections. It's nice to explore these creative pr projects outside of that that aren't necessarily commercial. Sometimes we just want to explore sort of creativity and, and art and, and just partnerships and things of that nature. And you know, it's not necessarily to like sell clothes or whatever, it's just to express some sort of feeling, I guess. Um, that's why we did that and why we do a lot of other kind of things like that. Okay, and you reference, you have a lot of kind of references to technology in your work in the films as well as your actual clothes. Tell us a little bit about how technology has changed the way that you guys work over 10 years and how you actually use technology now for your own lives. How do you digest your information? What are you doing? What are you using? You're huge on Instagram. You have very loyal, very vocal followers. We can share the journey of all these clothes, share all of this on your YouTube channel and everything. What, what, is, this, is this something that you just embrace really automatically or are you way ahead of the curve? Or? It's just our generation, I think. I mean, we grew up with computers and with, you know, Nintendo and the internet. Like, I don't remember a time when we didn't have technology as part of our life. It just seems like a natural thing for us. We've never second doubted it. Okay, okay. And what are, um, what are your, do you use apps? What are your favorite apps? What are you doing on your iPhones? <laughs> Anything specific? Ordering? Uh, Any special games I mean, you it's, love? It's quite funny because we're actually very analog, actually. And when it comes to like our creative process, we, we were like a pen, pencil and paper kind of people. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but our team is like, I have mean, a lot of young people on our team and they're huge into computers and they're geniuses at Photoshop and Illustrator and all that kind of stuff. So we like kind of mixing those two worlds. We love starting off, at least from a cr creative process, we love starting off very analog and then slowly plugging it into this very technological kind right. of structure. Right, it seems like a good blend. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a good yeah. blend because to me you seem like a really tech-savvy, tech-forward company, especially even with some of those fabrics that you use, yeah. to me. I mean, it's kind of a mixture of like craft and something a bit more technological or some, some sort of technological like innovation. That's the future of fashion for us. No nowadays, with all these computers and whatnot, the fabric looms, the, the machines that make fabrics are so advanced. You can weave pieces of plastic together to create textiles. You could weave like you know, pieces of chain with like leather and, and you know, organic materials, put it all together and create fabrics. 
that with machines and bond them and then melt them and then recomposition them. There's all these crazy things. We did this technique called high frequency last season, which is like this foam-filled fabric that expands to create this kind of lace effect. It's amazing what you can do technologically now. You know, we like to you know we we like to think that a lot of silhouette has been explored in fashion history. Um, and at the end of the day, the body has two arms and two legs and has a very specific sort of shape. But what you can do with surface nowadays is, is insane. And it's something that's very sort of contemporary and very 20th, 21st century um, to create these kind of textiles. Um, so we're having a lot of fun using technology to create these really sort of modern fabrics and then cutting sort of traditional, beautiful clothes out of these very 21st century sort of materials. Right. Yeah, now the combination for that, I think, is really sets you apart. Um, if you would like to ask Jack or Lazaro or both of them a question, just raise your hand and one of the Apple team will come to you. Hi, um, I'm a student at Parsons as well. Um, I see a lot of references to net art or RGB, like that rich blue that you use in your fabrics all the time and in your logo. What gave you the idea to use like RGB links and the internet I know it's like trending right now, but you guys stay so current. And how do you stay current? That's my question. That's a tough question. Uh, you answer that. I, <laughs> I think you just have to be curious as an individual. We're just really curious people. We're always sort of like looking out for like, you know, what's interesting, what's new. I think we're really ADD, and we get bored quite easily, which is kind of a problem sometimes. Um, so that's why we're always sort of on to the next, on to the next. So whenever we sort of experience like something new or something that seems fresh or never been done before, we sort of gravitate towards that. Um, and yeah, the emergence of like the inner, like Tumblr and all that imagery and all that sort of that whole aesthetic that's sort of been, like you said, trending, all that stuff is, feels really new and very of today. It didn't exist yesterday. It's very much about now. And for us, pro as a schooler, it's very much a reflection of you know, what's happening in contemporary culture. It's always a reaction to contemporary culture. So it's our job to sort of stay current. What's next? Any secrets that you have of the, like, the next big, cool new website we should know about? <laughs> any, any avatars? We can't, we can't give away all our secrets. OK, all right, we'll keep, <laughs> we'll keep looking. OK, we have time. F well, yeah, we have All right, one or two more questions. Hey, um, I was just wondering, when you first started doing bags, it seems so different than designing clothes on the body. And I was just wondering how you started working on it and like, yeah, just how it how you developed. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of happened really organically, actually. We, we always wanted to do bags the second we started our, our line, but we didn't really want to put something out there until we felt like we had something kind of new to say. And our first bag, which is that PS1 bag, which we launched, I guess, what, five, five six years ago now. Uh, we kind of put that out at the time where it was kind of, in a way, like the anti-it bag. We wanted to strip it of like hardware, all the like chains and zippers and locks, and all these bags seemed to be covered in logos and all this stuff. And we wanted something that felt just a bit softer and easier and a bit more discreet and something that felt kind of timeless in a way, something you could imagine kind of pulling out of your closet in 10, 20 years and it still felt right. So that was kind of uh, where, we, where we started with, th with that bag. I guess we didn't realize it was going to become like a, another it bag. <laughs> so the irony. Maybe we failed on that level. <laughs> but, uh, but bags, I mean, it, bags are great because it's kind of like an extension of the girl on a show level. We love 
we love that it could be this extension of the girl or it could be saying something completely different uh, than what the clothes are saying. So it just adds this other layer. And then on a, on a commercial lever, level, it's fantastic just because, I mean, the clothes we make are, are clothes that you can't necessarily wear all the time. And uh, a bag you could, you could get, it's one size fits all. Uh, it's a little more democratic. You can use it every single day. And so uh, there's something kind of interesting about bags on that level as well. So. Okay. Thank you. Okay, next question. I know we're running out of time. Uh, I was just curious if you guys have a personal favorite collection from the past that you've designed. Mine personal is Spring 12. Favorite. Yours is Spring 12. Loved it. Which spring, spring 12. 12. Which uh, one was that, that one? That um, like the weird oh. Guji architecture. Oh, yeah, yeah that right. one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, cool. I like they like Pebbles that on one. The ground. Um, I mean, for us, it was the last collection until like maybe like in a month from now, it'll be our least favorite collection. I can, yeah. You know, I think <laughs> we have to destroy the last collection in our head to sort of move on. Every collection is sort of a reaction to the collection before that. Um, and I think that's what sort of you know, gets us going creatively. We have to destroy whatever we've been into. I mean, also when you're, in, when you're doing a collection, you're so into this vibe and everything in that world and you're really sort of invested in that world. And then when you're done with it, like you do not want anything to do with that world ever again or for, you know, for, for a bit at least. So we're, we always sort of turn the page and move on to the next thing that's sort of interesting to us. And it's usually the opposite of whatever we're just sort of, you know, vibing with. Um, so yeah, it's a little kind of a crazy process. <laughs> Okay, thank you. One more question, and then I know that I'm going to run out told off. Hi, first and foremost, thank you for being here. My name is Amanda. I'm currently working on my thesis at Parsons. And uh, my question is, um, speaking to what you were previously saying, when you have like this perpetual, like, what's next, what's next, and you keep thinking of these new ideas, how do you stop yourself and say, like, this is the collection, this is what we want to speak to this season? And I mean, for us, we, we, try, we feel our strongest collections are the collections we haven't really overthought and belabored over and really just kind of we go with our gut usually and this something kind of comes into our thought or we see something and maybe it's not even that interesting we still kind of roll with it because that usually leads us to another idea and it's usually like this mixture of like lots of smaller ideas actually that we kind of group together and it slowly builds up and snowballs and becomes this thing that's that's a little more something you could put your finger on so I don't know, we just don't know, we don't overthink it. We just kind of, we just go for it. And I usually kind of go for some idea I'm feeling and Lazaro usually goes for something that's completely different and then we figure out a way to mash those together and that's usually how our process starts. Yeah. Okay, well, that's sadly all we've got time for. Um, thank you so much to Jack and Lazaro for joining us after a very, very busy week for them. I'm very, very honored. Thank you guys.